So you were telling me about an accident you had a while back. Yeah, so I was I was just telling you about the fact that uh, I was getting, this was, I don't know, years ago, I wanna say maybe even 20 years ago, I was getting ready to travel to Connecticut to be in a wedding. And I was running up and down the stairs in socks, um, packing and stuff. And my, and I slipped in my socks because they were slippery. I slipped on one of the stairs and fell down the stairs and literally fell down the stairs on my tailbone. And, um, it was extremely painful and it made for a horrible wedding experience, but I did go. Um, and it's, you know, the repercussions of that have been long-term. I have, I still have pain in my tailbone and I was, <laughs> was sharing that with you. I was saying, yeah, sitting down for long periods of time or here and there it flares up and, and, uh, and it's not pleasant. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, and so, and so what this evokes for me is how in one moment, everything can change. You know, sometimes we just slip and it's just a little hurt. And, you know, half an hour later, it's completely forgotten. Sometimes you slip and so maybe um, you hurt your ankle or you might even have a cast something but say after a few weeks it's over and this is something where in just a moment something happened and it changes and it stays um and so it's really it's really hard to deal with things like that mm. it's true um nothing is guaranteed is it i mean life as we know it could change in an instant and we're talking about some minor examples i mean my tailbone hurting is not pleasant by any stretch but it's not life altering um but but it could be life altering in a, in an instant somebody could die yeah yeah suddenly i could imagine somebody um you know driving and so a moment of not paying attention you know, maybe just your phone is ringing, you're trying to see who it is, and there's somebody in front of you crossing the street, and mm. they lose their life. Um, so, um, you know, they, they really, really terrible accidents can happen. The unthinkable can happen. Mm -hmm. And so where it brings me um, is about that how precarious life can be you know of course these accidents are freak accidents i mean they're not something that happens often um but it's within the realm of possibility and and so there is that sense of on the one hand because something terrible could happen you have to really be careful you have to pay attention you have to really be present Mm -hmm. uh, and there's a very, very high price to pay uh, if you happen not to be. But on the other hand, you know, we cannot be hypervigilant all the time. I mean, it would be crazy. It would be very destructive. It would not just uh, mar our enjoyment of life, but it would, uh, you know, basically we create a lot of wear and tear. And, and it probably would not be possible and create an intended effect. 
you know, trying so hard to be hypervigilant all the time, and then you loosen up for one moment, and then, oh, no. Mm -hmm. And a lot of things are out of our control, too. So there are things that happen that alter our lives that aren't necessarily because we weren't paying attention. So I could be laid off. Somebody I love could have a problem. Um, I think of Hurricane Katrina. Right. Um, right you know, almost this sense of um, things just happen. And sometimes we're, we're moved into a new way of living that's completely different than what we knew before. So almost like a pre-post, you know, like- well, A wonderful, wonderful example when you mentioned this. So let's say um, somebody who, um, you know, buys a business in, uh, in the end of 2019, uh, and this is a business, buys a restaurant, uh, buys a business where there's a lot of social contact. And then COVID comes in out of left field and nobody expected it or, you know, this and, and suddenly that business, you know, what, what, what happens to it? So, yeah, yeah. Uh, and so we're right in the topic of stuff that we can't control, that there's all kinds of dangers. Um and we can't control them. And how do we live with that? Yeah, how do we move in that space of transition um, from what it was to what it is now for whatever reason? Mm -hmm. You know, how, does, how, do, how do we show up in that? Because that's life. I mean, we're talking about life. How right. Things happen. And of course, we don't want to be happy hypervigilant, as you mentioned. I mean, it, the, the excessive worrying about what might happen is not productive and it's probably harmful to our own psyches. Um, so, so how do we cope with things that are either happening or could happen or, you know, how do we cope with life? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. On how, do we, how do we handle life on life's terms? Right, right, right. And, and, and so we're talking about control, we're talking about how it could happen. We're talking about excessive worrying, but we're not saying that the worrying is, is, is unwarranted, that there is, there's a reality to all of these things are within the realm of the possible. Mm -hmm. uh, even something as, you know, insane as the idea that the country could be in lockdown, the world could be in lockdown, that, you know, uh, businesses could just simply see their clientele wither away. Um, you know, we see that it's possible. Um, so it's not that it's impossible or that worry is unwarranted. It's just that we cannot just function by being in total worry or hypervigilant. And so how do we actually manage to relax somewhat in the face of very real danger. How do we? What's your... Well, you know, uh, there's stuff that we know. And for instance, and we were talking a little bit about it before, you mentioned the idea of acceptance or acknowledging reality. And, and I think we're aiming toward that as a goal for our talk. 
to say, yeah, the answer is going to be that. But somehow it feels cheap to just go there and say it without saying how difficult it is to do it. And I certainly have great difficulty with it. So if I just went in and say, oh, here's a problem. And by the way, here's the solution. I would be a hypocrite because I have difficulty with it. Mm-hmm. You know, so so it feels right to just acknowledge how difficult, you know, it is to deal with that. Yeah, and it's it's not very helpful, is it, when somebody says, oh, you should just practice acceptance or, you know, things happen for a reason or all of the things that sometimes people say, I think because they don't feel comfortable sitting with us in our pain, but I like what you're saying. Um, in, in some ways, we're talking about a transition from one state of being to another, and that does require some sitting in the middle of it, um, sitting in the middle of what was and what will be, um, and acknowledging the pain and acknowledging the fear and acknowledging the uncertainty and all of that. So uh, I before like we can you, move through to the next part, which I like what you're saying because when you say already, when you say it's a transition, um, you have a bigger picture. You know, if I'm caught in the middle of this thing, of why did this happen or why did I do this? Why did I let my eye off the ball at that moment? Um, you know, or why me, or, you know, those kinds of things. I'm siphoned in to the intensity of the pain, the worry, the, uh, you know, all of that. And when you introduce the notion of, you know, there's a transition that was before where the problem did not exist, then this right now is a transition, something else is going to come, even though I'm not able to really imagine that I could be somewhere else. When you say transition, you kind of leave a blank, you know, instead of my mental picture of I'm here and it's unchangeable. Mm -hmm. I'll be here forever. Right, right. I think transition, the word transition uh, evokes the sense of movement, moving. Mm -hmm. And I think, You know, the one thing I guess I I also want to add here is um, I'm trying to figure out how to say it, but what comes up for me sometimes when I think about this is a sense of why me, or I did something wrong, or I shouldn't be here at this stage of my life, or I deserved this, or, you know, all of the negative self-talk that comes around some of this stuff. And, And maybe in some cases, an accident happened. And that could have been prevented and that's going to be tougher to move through maybe with with respect to those self-talk but um i always like to try to encourage people to move to sit in this space without self-condemnation to just acknowledge that this is happening and this is painful but this isn't me it's not who i am it's just a stage of being if that makes any sense so it's not it's not it's not all of me it's just happening to me it's happening to me it's a and so the image that comes to me when you say that 
is um, let's say I'm in a room where some people are smoking cigarettes and I'm not smoking, but I'm in that room. And when I come out of it, I come out smelling, reeking of cigarette smoke. And so, uh, you know, it's saying, well, this is not me, all of me with cigarette smoke is not an essential quality of me. It's me after I've been in that room where there are smokers. Um, and, and so, yes, it's me at this moment, but it's not who I am, mm -hmm. all of who I am. I mean, is that kind of what you're saying? Yeah, I think so. And, um, you know, in some of this stuff, I think it, it, the cigarette analogy works really perfectly because after time, the cigarette smoke smell will wear off and, uh, and everything will be somewhat back to normal but there are times and there are situations where things will never be back to normal again so sometimes right. we can transition from what was to the new quote-unquote normal which which might include um, a complete shift in how we look at the world and how we look at you know a lot of things like if if a loved one a loved one suddenly dies or um you know, I, I, I really hesitate to touch this, but I'm going to say it. If somebody takes their own life suddenly or something tragically happens, um, you know, I'm not going to walk out of that back to normal ever again. Right, right, right. It's right. going to be a new me, a new way of walking in the world, a new, um, a new way of relating to everybody from a different perspective. And, and hopefully for me, I'm speaking only for myself because, you know, we all kind of sometimes fantasize you know about not in a good way but about something like that happening and my hope for myself is always that I will somehow show up in the world um being able to get some good out of that maybe yeah. helping others who have experienced the same thing maybe some right. good can come of it um maybe not though so you know? I want to first you know acknowledge the very big point you made is that uh, in many cases, the stuff that happens um, wears off, but there are situations when it doesn't and where the loss is really deep and unbearable. And so, um, so I want to really acknowledge it and stay with it so we really don't lump together um, you know, relatively trivial losses or hurts with things that really have a profound loss and that understanding how difficult it is when something like this happens um, to, to really see it at the transition. That mm -hmm. sense of, you know, all of my being would say, how can it be a transition when, say, this person is never going to come back or... So, so, and that kind of removes the sense of hope, you know, as we traditionally would have hope is, oh, this will get better. But how can it get better when something really important is irretrievably lost? Mm -hmm. And you introduce a very powerful notion to say, um, 
no, this will never come back and this will be a hurt. And this will not be something that really can be um, really found again. But what you need to do is to do something that's powerful in a different direction. And to say in some way, the universe gave me that really bad experience and I want to compensate for it by putting in something really good into the world and turning the, you know, the, that experience, learning of it or into wanting to do something good and helping others. Mm -hmm. And so it's not ever going to replace what was lost, but it's in some way restoring the balance of the universe is mm -hmm. something bad has happened and I'm bringing something good into the world. So something good came out of something bad that happened. Mm -hmm. I really believe that goodness is found in the badness. Mm -hmm. um, and I, I think about, you know, 9-11 and even COVID. And, and although in some ways we saw some ugliness come out of, of all of that, but, but I, but I think of 9-11 specifically, because it, it was the, it was the biggest example of that for me um, up until that point, which is where something devastating happened, tragic, something beyond anything we could ever imagine could happen to us in this country. And so much good came of it. You know, so many people stepped up to help so many uh, beautiful stories were shared about people and we came together as a nation. Um, we came together within our communities and we supported each other and, you know, it didn't change the tragedy and it didn't bring the people back and it didn't, you know, change the fact that we didn't feel, I don't think we've ever felt the same on our own soil since. Um, however, a lot of good uh, did come of that. And so, you know, but also I want to acknowledge that that happens when it happens. Like in that case, it was instant. It happened overnight. Everyone started, you saw the good, but, but sometimes it takes a while um, for people to get to a place where they can reach into their heart and start helping others. You know, it, it takes moving through that pain. It takes what it takes. It takes what it takes. Right. I mean, right. I, I know people that are almost, um, what's the word, uh, inconsolable, mm -hmm. you know, for a long, long time. And, um, and it takes what it takes, but hopefully, and I'm just, like I said, speaking for myself, you know, I hope that I can find that good that can be done if I ever am in a situation that bad, um, for myself, because that is hope for me, for me, that's hope. The fact that I might be able to reach deep down and pull some good out of the situation and maybe help others. Um, right, right. So we're talking about something very important there. Um, it's not when we talk about uh, doing something good, it's not some kind of abstract notion of, oh, there's a certain amount of good in the universe that you put in, but the experience of doing something that helps people um, is something that is nourishing yourself, mm -hmm. nourishing your sense of being a human being, and um, is something that compensates for the loss. So there's kind of a, um, uh, you know, there's a, 
there's a tremendous loss. And by doing this, uh, there's a human quality mm -hmm. um, of something that makes you feel better. So we're talking almost in, in a good way of the selfishness of doing good, mm -hmm. that it feeds your soul. It feeds your sense of, uh, and not even soul in some kind of abstract way. It makes you happier to get up in the morning. It gives you a reason for being or something like that. Mm -hmm. It gets you out of yourself. I mean, when I'm sitting with myself in, in misery, I'm just, it's not going anywhere. But when I can help, when I can get out of myself and help you, and, and especially when I can say me too. Mm -hmm. You know, I know you're in pain. I see your pain. I've been there too. How can I help you? Let me sit here with you. I'm not going to make it better. Let me just sit here with you. Um, let me that's share what I've done. That's a very important thing. That, that sense of um, I have... I, I can understand that pain because I've had something like that. Mm -hmm. So I can see it. I can relate to it. And I don't come here with answers, but come here to be with you. Mm -hmm. To hold space for you. I, I think me too are the two most healing words that we can ever say to another person. Um, I've been there too whether it's around loss or around shame issues or around, you know, abuse or gosh, anything, anything that one, that, that would tend to make one feel isolated and alone mm -hmm. to show up and say me too. And I realize there's a, you know, a political connotation to those words, but I don't care because I'm taking it away from there and putting it to where it belongs, which is everywhere. Um, so so when you mentioned the political thing, I want to come back to something you were saying about 9-11. Um, I too experienced the amazing healing quality of people um, feeling connected through the shock and the pain. And I've, I was very profoundly moved by it. I also see how um, in some way, Politically, it created a sense of um, being, you know, war, prosecuting a war on terror, justifying attack on Iraq, you know, and essentially, so, so it's hard for me to only see, um, you know, like the example of it brings good. Um, it has the potential to bring good when we redirect our attention toward helping people. And, uh, you know, it has, uh, the shock has also the potential to put us in a place where we feel so aggrieved, then we justify all kinds of attacks, mm -hmm. you know, and disconnection. I feel like we could go down another whole path on that. <laughs> um, so maybe, 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 maybe that's not the, actually, it would be a distraction to, to, to do this now. I just wanted to... Uh, you know, to me, it felt I wouldn't feel comfortable just putting it mm -hmm. in terms of positive consequences. But I want to, you know, let's leave this aside for the time being and come back to, you know, I think the, the what's really squarely in the topic is, is your 
talking about the the redirecting mm -hmm. the attention and i think i want to I, I hear what you're saying and we don't need to go there but i do want to acknowledge that what you're saying is completely valid and it is an absolute negative consequence of a bunch of people feeling connected around something but if we just leave it here in this place that we're talking about which is you know let's so for me that's not healing so i could go there i can i can stand right here and, and say i'm going to use this for good and help others or i can sit right here and turn this way and say i'm going to rally the troops and we're going to we're going to fight and we're going to you know we're going to get them um and what i'm saying i think is for me what's healing uh in, in a sustainable way is to turn that way and say let me find the good in this and let me help another period um because for me that anger that justified anger can feel really good but it's not sustainable it's not it, it's not moving us towards sustainable um right, right 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 so what what we're pointing out there is the notion that um the the tragedy the unforeseen the uncontrollable the big loss you know the shock the trauma the collective trauma are things that happen and that creates an energy and that that energy is not necessarily just automatically directed somewhere but there is a, a sense of choice Mm -hmm. There is a kind of a dance. We can dance with it. We can feel the various impulses. We're human beings. So we're going to have all kinds of impulses. And then there is that sense of, you know what? Uh, I feel that for it to be sustainable, for it to feed me, for it to really um, nourish me in a long-term sustainable way, it feels great to be able to turn that energy on the side of helping others. Yes. The bearing witness to other people's pain. Yes. And I think we could almost put a period at the end of that. Okay. To find out more about the Proactive 12 Steps, see the website proactive12steps.com. Please send us your comments and suggestions through the feedback form at proactive12steps.com slash feedback.